My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Folks, thanks for coming back to the My Tech Systems Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach, and I'm your host. On today's episode, we welcome on SolarWinds head geek Tom LaRock to talk about the company's IT trends report for 2021 that focuses on building a secure future. The report largely dives into cybersecurity issues and the challenges of securing data with a distributed workforce. That includes remote work policies, cybersecurity burnout, and other human factors. Before we get to Tom, here's a quick reminder to download and subscribe to the My Tech Assistance podcast on iTunes to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help you make the best decisions for your organization. And now here's Tom. Yeah, so so let's talk about the uh, IT Trends report you guys just put out. Um, now, what uh, what did you find interesting, and and maybe what surprised you? Yeah, I I, I looked at your questions here and. To be honest, uh, I don't have an answer for what surprised me because nothing surprised me. Uh, as somebody who works in data security and privacy and uh, dabbles in some infosec, uh, I, I, I was expecting to see these results, in other words. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to have the affirmation. But um, if I had to, if you pressed me, I would say that one surprising aspect is that nobody expected to, or they weren't prepared for the issues regarding uh, over the past year, remote work, distributed workforces, and the idea that there was no more perimeter to secure and that security was going to get harder. And, and if they did, it certainly didn't get reflected in the survey. We, we didn't ask those types of questions, I guess. So, but yeah. You know, the, there is no more perimeter for some companies, and uh, they weren't quite prepared for that. Right, right. Um, yeah, and you know, the survey obviously found a lot of links between increased risk and remote work. You know, I guess the answer to why is probably because of that. That there's no more perimeter to to protect anymore, um, or is it much larger perimeter? Um, I mean, I guess. You said you, you you guys expected that, but did you expect that to, um, you know, the extent, this extent that, that you found in, in, the, in the results? I guess if you're asking about the specific percentages, uh, I'm not, I'm not tied to these percentages based sure. upon the sample size. So, I mean, it's more about a trend for me and having done these IT trends reports for several years, what we're seeing is uh, the idea so I'm not sure if you've heard of zero trust. I think everybody yes. has. Yep. There's something surprising is that we didn't mention zero trust, right? We didn't put one big buzzword mm. inside of all this. So maybe that's surprising. Yeah. But zero trust is something that really, it, I think, has snuck up on people. And that, that's the thing that they weren't prepared for. So when that perimeter goes away, you, if you don't have these ways of implementing some zero trust into your environment, then that's gonna increase your risk, right? And you wanna be able to mitigate the risk. 
So uh, I, I wouldn't be tied to the percentages necessarily in this one report, but I would just look over time and say, you know, looking back at the things we've asked about and gotten feedback on, I would say it's pretty clear that there's a trend that a lot of companies haven't really thought through the idea of implementing zero trust. I, I can't imagine that it doesn't, right? right? So with the distributed workforce, with the idea that a person should be able to work for anyone from anywhere, you're, there's, so there's two things. There's one, there's the idea of an employee can work uh, for anyone from anywhere at any time. But there's also this idea that uh, companies need to take on, which is a very standard basic idea, which is assume compromise. So when you put these two together, you have a distributed workforce, you have to assume compromise. It, it tends, in my mind, to lead you to the conclusion that you need to have some type of what they call a zero trust process in place. So things of that nature is, hey, uh, Zach, I, I see you're logging in from a new device. I'm going to ask you to reauthenticate. I mean, I can be staring right at you. But with the idea yeah. of zero trust, I'm going to go, I don't think it's you anymore. You're good. Right. You, you, I didn't hear you say those words before. I'm going to ask you to reauthenticate now. And so I think companies, they're going to have to move in that direction in the, as soon as possible, ideally. But mm. over the next few years, absolutely. If, they're, if they don't, they are going to suffer an attack of some type. These days, I'd say the odds are a ransomware, and that's going to be a bigger issue for them than if they had simply you know, asked their end users to reauthenticate a few times a day. Yeah. Um, so I think it's clear by now that, that remote work or, or some form of hybrid work uh, will be you know, the norm going forward uh, for at least the foreseeable future uh, if, COVID, if you know, COVID is still in our vocabulary. Um, so what can we do better from, from, uh, from a security standpoint um, you know, if, if we're sticking with remote work? Uh, like I just said, assume compromise, uh, uh, zero trust, there's just no question going forward. These these have to be pillars of what you're looking to do. You have to start thinking, uh, you know, that idea that um, you cannot protect yourself from every possible attack at every time, right? That's the assumed compromise piece. So if you're not going to be doing those things, you just it's just a matter of when, right? And then it becomes okay. The other thing I tell you to do a little bit better is practice. Practice the fact that you've lost everything. Everything's encrypted. How do you recover your business within the next one to three business days? Can you? Or will you be like the city of Baltimore and you'll essentially be offline for months because you can't get your stuff back? So that's what you're going to do better. You're going to have to think, assume compromise, zero trust, and start to practice recovering your entire business in mass, right? Uh, you know, within a day or two and, and just be prepared because it's coming, it's going to happen and you've got to be expecting it. So the survey found that um, you know, the respondents said, uh, you know, basically agreed that technology is the best way to, you know, um, mitigate risk um, and keep an organi organization secure. Uh, but, but, uh, what else? Because I mean, there's only so much money and so many solutions you can you can throw at, you can throw at this issue. Um, you know, 
what about uh, training, um, you know, employee awareness, um, hammering home that to end users that, you know, this is um, not just the job of IT or, you know, security folks anymore? Well, so the first thing I, I try to tell people about this in this area is to understand that security is a shared responsibility. It is not just a security team responsible. It isn't your exchange admin. It isn't just a handful of people. It's everybody's responsibility. And you have to be vigilant and you have to just assume that something isn't legitimate. Now, you mentioned training. And I'm from the mindset that you can never, ever take the stance that somebody just needs more training. You have to put a process in place to remove that human element, right? So you can't, and this goes back to old days of my Six Sigma training where you walk through and you watch these people, they're working a process and you can't just say, we just need to train them better because you know what happens? The person you trained, well, they leave. They've gone on to a new job. So now you have to reach, take the time to retrain somebody else or you could put a better process into place. So I was uh, optimistic to see people saying, yeah, technology, we need to use technology. But I don't think they thought of it as a way of replacing training. I saw that as a way for them to say, I'm drowning in information and I need tools that can help me make sense of all the data that is coming in. And I've got to find the signal through that noise. And I can't do that. Humans can't do that. I'm going to need some tech to help me with that. That's where I saw that going. So no, it's not, it's not, more training is never the answer. It really isn't. Uh, understanding it's a shared responsibility, understanding to be vigilant. If you want to say these things are, are training, sure. I think it's more of a messaging and a mindset. I don't think it's a matter of, I mean, you can train people all day long not to click on that link in that email. And you know what happens? Sure. They click on the link in the email anyway. <laughs> yep. So, so I, you know, do you think that we are finally, you know, getting ahead of this issue now that it's, it's, you know, been publicized in, in the media a lot um, and that, you know, more light is getting uh, shed on, on this issue? So uh, I, I feel that's a factor, but you know, what's more of a factor is in your business is actually ransomware. So, uh, you know, it's like having a happy customer. When you have a happy customer, they're likely to tell uh, friends about what a great experience they have, you know, as a happy customer. And when you have, like, say they maybe 10 tell, tell 10 friends, right? You know what happens when somebody has a bad experience? They tell 100 friends. So when you have a business that's been uh, compromised, like, say, the city of Baltimore, I'm, I keep picking on them. But uh, let's say that they uh, suffer a ransomware attack, which they did. They are going to go out of their way and be an advocate and tell every other city, please don't do what we did. We're about out of business at this point because we can't satisfy basic requests for our, our, our citizens anymore. And so they're going to be first and foremost in front of everybody, spreading the word of all the things that are necessary in order to secure your environment. So it's not just the publication in a, in a you know in the media. It's when somebody personal that you know comes and tells you that story, that has much more value in helping spread the message. And let's face it, ransomware is the most popular. There are companies out there that are specializing in helping you, you know, launch a ransomware attack and get money for it. There's business in this, right? 
So they're going out and they're creating unhappy customers. And it's those unhappy customers that really have to, are going to help uh, turn the tide against that type of business. Fortunately, the survey found that um, looks like 26% of, uh, of IT professionals said, uh, you know, senior leaders are still having difficulty convincing other leaders that they need to, you know, invest more in security. Um, so, you know, how do you, how do you get past that? Yeah, uh, I mean, so what do you, what do you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, I mean, a, a quarter of respondents saying that to me, uh, but that's also a feel. I mean, unless they're in the boardroom mm. with these leaders talking to each other, I mean, they have a feeling that maybe somebody isn't convinced, but there could be other legitimate reasons. For example, saying that they're not spending enough money, but what if they, I don't know what this survey, uh, what that experience of the person answering it, but maybe they're already spending all the money they can. And this person just feels that they should spend more. But what if they're already spending, I don't know, $10 million on stuff and there's nothing else for them to buy? And this person thinks that they should just buy more. So I'm not going to read a lot into that 26% of respondents saying that. I'm going to focus on, hey, are the executives getting the job done or not? And if 26% of respondents feel that the executives aren't really in tune with what's happening, well, that's a disconnect, but it's not also not a majority. And you know, if it was 76% feel that leaders aren't paying attention, okay, I, I think that's a bigger issue. 26%, I don't know. One in four person thinks that leaderships aren't listening listening to them. You know, I 26% people wouldn't think their managers are listening to them either. So I, I'm not sure I would read a lot into that specific number, but I would say that again, for a leader to really believe that there is an issue at hand, it's got to be a little more personal. Either they're going to suffer the breach or somebody they know will suffer the breach. And that is when they will start to wake up and say, all right, what can we do? Uh, well, well, for for, for that, that quarter of respondents that said that, and let's play devil's advocate, maybe, maybe their business leaders really, you know, still aren't aware um, you know, of, of this increasing cyber risk. Um, and what would be the best step forward to make them aware? So it depends on the leader. It depends on the industry. It depends on the business. But I think it's you've got to start having the conversation of uh, assume compromise. If we're ransomware tomorrow, how do we recover? And you can focus on that to begin with. Uh, that's a good starting point. You're talking to a data person, so I'm all about recovery. If you can't recover, you can't keep your job. And in this case... Right. Entities that don't recover, they just they can go out of business. So you start there, and as you're trying to build out that plan, and companies could actively be building that out right now, and some of these respondents may not be aware of it, but uh, that's one avenue. Then the next one is, now how do we mitigate the risk? Okay, assume compromise, zero trust, all these other things we can put into place, basically to delay you know, the inevitable, uh, somebody clicking on a link. Adam in accounting, thinking it's a... Um, you know, link from his mother and he clicks on it and, you know, bad things now. So uh, the other aspect of it is I would say, if you want to get these leaders to really buy in right away is to also help them understand that the adversaries are attacking trust, which is why it's important for a zero trust model. And even if a zero trust model leads to a bad experience for an end user or uh, for an employee because they have to authenticate constantly. If you're going to lower the risk, you're lowering it in the right area because the adversaries, the adversaries are really going after and attacking trust 
and pretending, you know, taking those credentials, pretending to be an authenticated person on the network and be, and traversing the network as best they can. So uh, I, I think that will help in time when they see it, especially if a threat happens to a friend, colleague, another business, and it gets more and more reported in the media. And when people start talking about the dollar amounts. So, right. you know, you lost $100 million in revenue in the last month. You know, that's going to hurt. So I think there's a few different ways to, to get those leaders to understand the real impact. Right, right. Yeah, I think talking in, in uh, dollar signs uh, definitely helps. Um, so obviously it's been kind of, an, you know, all out blitz, you know, uh, against, you know, corporate networks where it seems like a better part of a year and a half now. Um, do you think IT is getting burnt out on security? And, you know, how do you how do you avoid that burnout or complacency when, when you know, it comes to mitigating risk. So you could replace security with just about any word in there, right? Do you think IT sure. is getting burnt out on data analytics? You think IT is getting burnt out on uh, storage? I don't you, you Is IT getting burnt out in general? Yeah. And my answer would just be, yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> because, and then security, it, it's, it wears you down over time when, you're it basically, uh, I don't want to say it's a fight, but it, it kind of, it, it's a, it's a constant uh, vigilance. Like you've always got to be on guard and assume the worst and assume compromise in order to really help your business stay safe. And that can wear you down over time. Yes. Uh, how, how you get around that? I, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think you get around it by having some successes you know mm -hmm. if if you're able to actually see that it's making a difference and you can show the value and you can say you know what uh this zero trust it's been kind of a pain and people might complain about it but i can tell you right here this day this happened and we found a um somebody trying to breach uh, i just saw it the other day a, a well-respected person in the coding community he was getting these text messages, somebody saying, hey, I, I want to buy your thing on Facebook and or uh, whatever meet, um, tag sale area it was. I want to buy your thing. I just need you to send me that security code. And the guy was like, hey, I I'm not sure this is legit. If you want to buy my yeah. stuff, just buy it. And turns out that's a well-known scam uh, with regards to Google Voice. And so he was at least vigilant enough to know, but that's a success, right? So you have to find little successes like that and say, you know what, it, it, we're making progress and we're delaying that inevitable uh, breach uh, little by little. So maybe that's how you can avoid some of the burnout. But in general, is IT, are we tired? Yeah, we're tired. We've been doing this a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, more so over the last uh, year and a half with remote work and, you know, all, all this um, focus on security. Um, that's hard to say. Uh, so you're talking to somebody who's been remote for 10 years, so I can't really uh, tell you what's, okay. yep. how it's been hard on the back end for people. I mean, I think for some companies, they just were not prepared for the size and scope uh, of what they had to do. I think yeah. other companies had shifted to, you know, a, a model where people could work from home, you know, a few days a month type thing. So uh, I think it was rare in... North America for a company to not have somehow 
found a way to have an employee work remotely, right? I think it's really rare, rare that we would talk about a company that was in the office only and not doing any work remotely, right? Even even the right. big tech giants, uh, if we're going to talk Apple or Google, all them, and they're talking about coming back to the office, but those employees, they were always able to work from home. They went home, they logged in, right? So the ability to work from home and to manage that environment, I think for a lot of these people, it, it was already there. The infrastructure yeah. should have already been in place. So I'm not sure that the last year um, made things any worse in terms of burnout. I, I just think it made things worse in terms of uh, social isolation, right? You couldn't mm. see your coworkers. Uh, people that, you know, go that uh, at the end of the day would go home and they, they live alone. Now they're alone all the time and they're forced and they're still alone. So I think that was more of an issue than, oh, my God, let me keep up with all these security things. Right, right. Um, and do you think this this kind of renewed focus on security, which you know includes you know IT resources, do you think that you know that that these issues are getting you know more exposure and you know probably um, more funding from the you know the the C suite? Do you think that is a way to you know help kind of uh, you know combat that that burnout that you know apparently has been in IT for a while? I wouldn't focus on money necessarily, but I would say well, resources and just well, I, I, I would say support. If the right. C-suite is showing support in some manner, that and it doesn't necessarily have to be money. It doesn't have to be dollars to buy something because uh, you might already have something. You just need to do things in a slightly different way. For example, if you're using Microsoft 365, the the services are already there. You just have to turn some of them on. So it's, you know, you're already spending money. You're already paying for your E3 licenses or whatever. You just have to be aware of what services are available and how to enable them. That doesn't take a whole lot, but it does take buy-in from C-suite. It does take some leadership from them to say, these are the three or four things we need to do next. This is the timeline to get it done. And by the way, you're doing a great job. And thank you for all this. So sometimes just being acknowledged, if you're in an all hands meeting and you can do a few call outs and just acknowledge the great work being done by your people, that can have a lot of value. It's not always, hey, here's a bunch of money to buy a bunch of software. That, that's not always going to be uh, enough. So I, I, think, I think basically might be summarizing to say security is a shared responsibility. We're all in this together from yeah. CEO all the way down. And as a team, let's talk about what we're doing and some of the successes we've had. Very good. All right. Well, uh, Tom, thanks very much. I appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.